I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations, my friends, in the name of our Lord. I hope you're having a fabuloso day. I know I am. Today's kind of exciting for me because today we're going to finish up John's revelation. I'm going to read chapters 21 and 22. Uh, they go together. I can't really split them up. And uh, we'll chat a little bit about it. But this is also a momentous day because today marks about a year and a month from the time I started doing these devotions. And we did the Gospel of John, and then I went through the rest of the New Testament. So that is exciting to me. That is, um, I'm really proud of myself. It's, it's a, I haven't done anything like this in a very, 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 very long time. So tomorrow, it will be fabulous Friday. Tomorrow, I think I will uh, unveil what our plan is going to be coming up through the next year. I've got, I think I've got it mapped out already. So that being the case, um, let's get started with chapter 21, Revelation. Hello, John. Oh, yeah, the end of the story. Then I saw... Oh, but just a preface, all right? Satan's been defeated. The beast and the false prophet and Satan thrown into the lake of fire. The final battle's been done. It's over. And now, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Can you stop and think about that for a second? A new heaven and a new earth. What's that going to be like? Ah. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Interesting. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You know, Peter's message in his epistles was that we were, um, we were residents of another kingdom. We were ambassadors from another kingdom and the kingdom we were living in now is hostile to us. Well, that is no longer the case. They will be his people. God's dwelling place is now among the people. Hmm. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Everything. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Oh, I love this next sentence. He said to me, it is done. Think about that for a second. What's done? Everything. No more fighting. No more struggling against the enemy of our soul. 
No more uh, falling victim to sin. No more wrestling with our sin nature. No more saying like Paul did in Romans, I know what I should do and I don't do it. I know what I shouldn't do and I do it. Who shall save me from this body of death? That's no more. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderer, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had, put, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Hmm. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now he says, I'm gonna show you the bride. We're the bride of Christ. And this new city represents that. Oh, it shone with the glory of God and his brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates in the east, three in the north, three in the south, and three in the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the foundations of the city were the founding fathers of of the church, the 12 apostles. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and high as it is long. Huge city. The angel measured the wall using human measurement and it was 144 cubits thick. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of symbolism here because the number 12 is popping up everywhere. But just imagine the glory of what John is looking at here. This is the new world. This is the new heaven and the new earth. And this is where we get to live. All who are victorious in the Lamb of God, this is their home. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. Cities had gates that they would shut at night to keep intruders or enemies out. There's no more enemies. The enemies of God have been vanquished. 
The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what's shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Now, the tree of life, I don't know if you remember this or not, but in this Genesis story, Adam and Eve, of course, sinned, right? And God had to push them out of the garden. He told them, well, here's what he told them. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil, because they'd eaten the apple from the tree of good knowledge of good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. God had to keep them away from the tree of life so that they wouldn't live forever in their sin. That was an act of mercy in God's part. There's the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and there was a tree of life. He couldn't let them eat from the tree of life while they were in sin because that would just, that would give them eternal life in their sin. So God didn't kept them from eating from the tree of life. Guess what's in the new Jerusalem? The tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Hmm. No longer will there be any curse. The curse laid on Adam and Eve and the enemy is lifted. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There'll be no more night. They will not need the night light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets, and with all who keep the words of the scroll, worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside of the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. 
I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of the scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And with that, the testimony of the New Testament is a wrap. What a way to end this time with God this last year. Um, without going into the different ways of interpreting Revelation again, I just want to just bask in the glory of what I just read. There will come a time when time will be no more when the enemy will be vanquished and the things that torment you and I, the sins of the flesh, the, the diseases we have to deal with, the things that hinder us from being who we want to be in Christ. Done, gone. There will come a day when we can wake up It'll be like we wake up and there's no more darkness. There's no more storms. It's going to be glorious. I've had several dreams in the past that have uh, included me and Jesus in one way or another. And in every one of those dreams, one of the three things, one of two or three things has happened. One, I get a taste of the forgiveness of God. Uh, one dream I had, I was standing in the crowd before God and he was calling people out and it was that good and faithful servant moment that's spoken of in Matthew. And I felt unworthy of being there and I am unworthy. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God in any way, shape or form. And I'm weeping in my dream and he calls my name and I'm weeping and I don't look up. He calls my name again, and I look up, and he's pointing off to his right and my left, and there's my son and a wife. He wasn't married at the time. And behind them are generations of believers. And I remember Jesus looking at me going, wow, well done. Admiration, it wasn't just a simple, oh, well done. It was like a, whoa, well done. He points over to his left, my right, and there's my daughter and her husband. They have a ministry of blessing people and never letting people know who it is the blessing came from. And they've been that way their entire married life. And they, in my dream, my daughter and her husband are surrounded by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that, that, whose lives they've touched. And again, Jesus goes, wow, well done. And that I woke up crying from that dream. It was so glorious. I had another dream where uh, Jesus and I were sitting together and he put his hands 
over my hands, grabbed my hands, and he bowed his head and prayed. I didn't hear the prayer, but I was overwhelmed with the sense of peace and joy that was overwhelming. I woke up weeping again because I'd experienced the joy of God, the joy of the Lord. I'd experienced his forgiveness. And these dreams, I think, are just like a foretaste, like a just a taste of what it's going to be like in the new heaven and the new earth where we get to live forever in the presence of our God. The story of the New Testament is basically the story of God bringing us through the struggle in the enemy's kingdom. It, the whole New Testament can be boiled down to two sentences. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors, yourself. All the epistles are addressing one or the other of those things. This is what loving God looks like. This is what loving your neighbor looks like. And then in Revelation, the capstone. And regardless of your interpretation of Revelation, the story does not change. Our God defeats our enemy. And there is a rest for the people of God that is glorious. Mm. Well, that's it for today, ladles and jelly spoons. I want to tell you how much this last year has meant to me. It is, it's been amazing. And I'm excited tomorrow to tell you what we're going to be looking at for the next season. So, wrapping up a year and a month, here's my coffee. I'm Paige. And folks, I am out of here. God bless you. Bye-bye. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.